Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 109 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and they will ship coffee to your house. That's right, to your house. Check them out, www.couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and like I said, they'll ship it to your house. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Uh, if it does get better than that, this is how they all, they roast it for you. They roast the coffee for you. So if you make an order, they roast your coffee specifically for you and then bag it and ship it to you. They're not roasting dozens and dozens of pounds and then hoping people buy it. No, no, they're roasting it fresh and then shipping it out. So check them out. Couchtowncoffee.com. When you make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you enter the code word audible farm and you can save 20%. So when you make an order, hit them up, say, Hey, audible farm sent us say audible farm and you will save 20%. Why? Because Couchtown coffee is that awesome. This week's podcast, I'm sitting down with Nick Earhart. Nick Earhart plays the bass and riddled with class as well as playing bass in the screaming artichokes. Uh, the screaming artichokes are a relatively new band to the scene here in Iowa we discussed that in the upcoming podcast, as well as what's been happening in the Riddled with Class camp since the last time I talked to one of the guys in the band. Uh, you know, it's been COVID, so everything's been kind of shut down, and Riddled with Class is just like a lot of those other bands. They haven't been playing terribly many shows, but they've still been getting out there. So I sit down and talk with Nick about a handful of things, and uh, he's a good, easy guy to talk to. If you see him at a show, tell him hi. Uh, this is episode 109 with Nick Earhart from Riddled with Class and the Screaming Artichokes. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Today, I am sitting down with Nick Earhart. Nick, uh, you've joined me before on the podcast, uh, and we've talked a little bit about some stuff. Uh, if anybody's looking for any of your past information, you can find that there so uh yeah I don't, I don't know i don't have my phone with me to see what episodes they were otherwise i'd tell you i'll tell you in the outro so how's that um nick you're the bassist for riddle with class riddle with class is uh one of my favorite bands around the area you guys do a lot of like cover band style stuff in what i would call like the 90s to 2000s anything from like the rock and roll ish stuff that was happening there to punk um and just about anything in between i mean you're talking like Rage Against the Machine to pop punk stuff like Newfound Glory. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's really cool because I feel like that when you started it, when you started the band Riddle with Class, when it was happening was not like where the majority of people going to bars were not like the big money spenders listening to that. But now yeah. it seems to be that way. Yeah. Uh, the the music aged well, I guess. Yeah. You know? um, and we were a completely different band then than <laughs> we are now. Um, obviously a little more polished now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of probably gone more pop punk ish, you know, mm -hmm. as time's gone on. And that, that's because of the guys in the group and the, the stuff we like to play, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like everywhere I go, there's almost always a big crowd there. Um, this year, obviously you haven't played too many shows but really who has in all honesty sure. yeah um but i did actually get to see you at the junkyard in barnum you guys were there not too long ago and uh yeah it was packed wall to wall in there i spent most of my time either i was uh kind of hiding out in the dining room that was like you can see from there but it's 
no, like nobody's in there. Yeah, when kind when of incognito eating. over yeah. there. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to stick back a little bit or I'd like go outside and like wedge the door open and stand outside and watch you. It was sure. I yeah. Mean, I, it was, uh, it was kind of surprising how many people were in there actually. And, uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. The junkyard's a good place. Ashton. Um, I, I really like that dude. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a tough place to EQ. It's oh, yeah. not a huge place by any means, you know? Yeah, it's pretty boxy, and there's nothing really in there to, like, absorb sound no, at all, you know? No, but they, they they love live music over there. And uh, the I think Barnum, in the close proximity to Fort Dodge, um, Manson, mm-hmm. you know, even Rockwell Cities, just a, you could throw a rock, you know? And yeah. That sounded dumb. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, you get... You get a hell of a crowd over there, so mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that was like one of the crazy things because I'm sure. How many shows had you played COVID up until that point? I, I don't even know. Probably four or five. I mean, I've been somewhat fortunate because I talked to. I mean, like you with some of your shows. Um, just kind of the general area we're in in the state hasn't been as affected. I mean, it's been affected, obviously, and. And we're all uh, aware, actually, We, it, it's touched the band, nobody in the band, but family members of the band have, have got it, and and one had a really tough time, actually, with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, the weird thing is, that I'm always the guy, like, all right, I got to get some shows going. I got to get, uh, we got this calendar app that we share with J. Clyde Band, and... Uh, and uh like okay i got these open dates like i'm gonna i'm gonna put the guys to work on these dates and this year i have not done that um i i kind of feel like uh venues bar owners and stuff they they don't really know what's gonna happen and neither do we you know and it it's hard for me to sell a show and be like hey you want to have this show i don't know if we can have or not you know and yeah, I but, mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, for people listening that don't understand the whole, like, you sharing a band app, you share band members with Jay Clyde's. That's yep. That was the whole yep. deal with sharing. So you got to do an availability thing. But, yep. uh, but yeah, I totally get it because, I mean, Three Finger Betty has booked gigs where it's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. So we're going to sure. delay promoting it up until up until it happens or whatever, you know. Yep. Or I was talking to a couple bands <laughs> recently where they had, they had booked a show and then COVID shut everything down for a month again in, in the county they were in. So they were like... Well, our show's 45 days away, but this shutdown's 30 days long, so we st- I'm just going to wait until they open it back up to promote it, and then we'll sure. hope they don't shut it down again, you know? So sure. it's putting a weird damper in, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I bet... That's the one thing I think a lot of musicians forget about, is I wonder how bar owners feel about this whole thing, because it's sure. like, do I book someone and promise them they'll be here, and then they can't end up even coming, or...? Well, yeah, I mean, because you're there... Number one, if you're a bar owner and you're booking bands and you don't like music, you you might be in the wrong business. But but ultimately, you are there to 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 sell booze. I yeah. mean, you know, and, and or bring people in at the very least. There are some venues. Maybe you're you're probably a little more familiar with the <laughs> venues that booze is a secondary thing. Yeah, but well, for the most part, there's a reason they sell it. You know, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, I mean, they're having, because not only are they not having us there on a Friday or Saturday night to pack their place, but they're shuttered, you know? Yeah, they can't even pack their place at all, you know? Yep, or they they have capacity or, and uh, 
I mean, in the meantime, this guy's still got the mortgage on the building or the rent, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he's still got his insurance. Yep. Um, I think they've gotten some breaks in that, and and we kind of we lost a lot of really cool things we were gonna do this summer. Um, we had one book down for the city of Ankeny, oh, cool. um, the beats and eats thing Oh, sweet. Um, that we really look forward to. Cause we, we've played Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that. That's uh, cool. we, we played Des Moines. Um, we, we played like, uh, Bog, Jason Boggs place, uh, yeah, whole, whole Avenue. Avenue. Yep. And we, we even played on down on court Avenue once, but it, it hasn't really, the band's completely different than it was the last time we were down that way. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that was, for us, like a chance to step out and do a different market. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, we've always kind of held our breath, like whenever there's like a street dance or something. Hey, we want Riddle to play this street dance. Like, do you guys, you guys know what we do, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, but I, at the same time, we're not... We're not going to do a Rage Against the Machine cover on yeah. Main Street of your your town celebration, you know. But yeah, true. I, uh, but you're, I mean, if we had to like sit down and compare it, you guys aren't are also aren't Three Finger Betty, where sure, like our sure. lyrics are a little bit more in your face, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you guys are professional cover band. Sure. Uh, you do it the right way. You got lights in the whole nine yards. Sure. You know how to perform to what crowds. I get it. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we've played shows before too, where at the end of the night, like the crowd was awesome. At the end of the night, the the guy who had the who owned the venue we were playing at was like, "Well, man, I really wanted to hear ACDC and ZZ Top," and I was like, "That's oh, not man. us, dude." You yeah. know, I mean, like that's all great, but those some of those bands that like you look at like Saucy Jack, mm-hmm. man, I can't play a ZZ Top song the way Stacy from Saucy Jack can play a ZZ yeah. Top song, yeah. and. We we've found our niche, and the 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 really cool thing is it's kind of circled back around, and people know us for that now. You know, I mean, yeah, you you might hear a Billy Idol song thrown in there somewhere or something like that, but uh, yeah, for the most part, we kind of leave a lot of the classic rock kind of to, to the bands that do classic rock, yeah. and we found our own zone, and that's the the bare premise of this entire damn band is we want to play stuff we want to we want to play you know and everybody like has ideas and you know we might pick we each pick two songs and then you go to learn these two songs and out of the 10 or eight songs because that's math four times two is eight but uh, <laughs> uh out of the eight songs maybe two or three actually stick mm-hmm. you know and uh and Every other guy in the band is a pro, you know, about what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. And I I have the easiest job in the band, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, just playing bass. I don't have to sing. Nobody wants to hear that anyway. But... Uh, well, yeah. you're, well, you're like me a little bit. Where like we can sing, but uh, it's not gonna. We're not gonna be the focal point, and it's not like you're gonna be like, all right, we're ripping out harmonies. You're hitting this yeah. note. It's like no, we like, are I not could, the Chris Carr band. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can try this if you want, but yeah. I mean, I'm more than willing to try that kind of stuff. But I'll leave it to a jam night, please. You know, well, Greg and Levi both can can sing awesome. So yep. why why even mess with that? You got two guys that can sing. <laughs> yeah. And I might throw some na na na's in or something, you yeah. know, but yeah. 
Yeah, man, I totally get that. And I, I mean, you and I like leaned on the same piece of gear a little bit for like a, it was like a pedal board version of like an auto tuner type deal. And uh, T-Pain pedal. Yeah, <laughs> it actually worked really good. Um, I've got, I mean, it's a, within eye shot of us right now. And yeah, I, I see it over there. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to carry it on my pedal board all the time just in case I had to sing. And then it was just, sometimes I found it was actually like more of a hindrance than a help. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, we're shutting this thing off for tonight. And people would be like, you want us to hook that up? Like sound guys? And it's like, no, don't. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I'm running without it. It sounds better without. But If we have a sound guy that isn't my wife, um, <laughs> I I will not run it. Like just because like I can, Mark Gales has done sound for us a few times. And I can just see Mark's eyes rolling when yeah. he looks at <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And, I mean, I've gotten crap from from sound guys for just having it on there they're like ah what is that and they like they come to like hook everything up and it's like nah don't worry about it just don't worry about it <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> the worst part is on the side of that there's a gain knob mm-hmm. and if you don't have that set right like you can blow everybody else away oh yeah you know yeah. or if you have it set too low they're like i i can't hear i can't hear you yeah and you're like i'm sorry you know <laughs> that's a good thing <laughs> It is, it is pretty fun to like dink around with those kind of pedals. And that was like one of the things I always thought was fun about you as a bassist was the pedals. But uh, like going back to like the, you know, the venues and booking shows and things like that. It's such a weird concept now because it's like, well, the venue owner probably has to think to himself or, or herself because I know a bunch of female venue owners. Actually, I know a lot of female venue managers. Sure, so like sure. that's the way it goes. But like they've got to be thinking to themselves, I, I can only have half capacity yeah. here. Do I hire a full band? Or can I, do I ask the band to like, hey, is there any way that we can do like half pay or like three quarter pay, you know, because you're not going to yeah. be playing to us. I mean, and then you end up with this weird like arm wrestling match of business with this, these people that you maybe had once already ironed out a deal with where it's like, it's X amount for us to play here. And, and some places you can lean one way or a little bit the other way, depending on sure. where you're playing and stuff. But like you kind of build these agreements with these, these bar owners or these managers. And then all of a sudden this happens and it's like. Hey, we have to adjust our previous agreement, and that's not easy for anybody. No, it happened um, once or twice. Uh, not a whole lot, actually. Um, we we haven't played inside a whole lot, to be honest with you. So some of those, uh, I don't know, the, the capacity restrictions mm-hmm. haven't been as pertinent because we're outside. Um, but we did have it happen our first show back actually was over in uh uh a town not far from here and and they were just like hey you know i know we agreed to this but i'm limited i don't know what's gonna happen but if we have a great night i promise i'll take care of you and and sometimes you just gotta have good faith and and the and not only the business owner but like you gotta work with them man you want to come back and play you know and yeah uh yeah we might have said it's x amount of money well i figured any amount of money is better than no amount of money mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, i just want to play with my friends yeah, you know yeah. but i mean that's a weird kind of place to come in too because you don't want to come in too low or too high on a number at, at somebody and then it's like well I'll, I'll never be able to afford this person sure or they can think the other way and say i'll never be able to take this band seriously because i don't charge any money you know sure and that was one of the weird things as like a punk band that can play enough covers and we're exciting enough and like it's kind of a weird thing because we kind of bring the des moines feel like outside of des moines to other places so like um i'm just gonna use 
a bar that's in our local area, like the Sitting Bull in Humboldt. Like they're not used to having like two or three bands come through and play a show. Sure, no. But, and nobody's really used to seeing that around here. But if we can convince them that it's worth at least paying us to travel out of Des Moines or out of our areas to come to these smaller towns to do it, they'll they're willing to do it. And that's what I'm finding. I'm finding there's a lot of smaller bars and places that are willing to do that as long as you can bring you know enough stuff that's not just going to be considered noise to whoever's there and that's also the rough thing is you go to a place where they're not used to hearing original tunes they're gonna yeah. they're gonna want to hear covers so you got to slide a couple in there here and there and it's kind of a weird battle to play but like you said you don't want to come in too low because i recall once um i the only acoustic show i ever played i actually um somebody was like you should throw your name in the hat on this and i was like all right sounds good so i threw my name in the hat and i was like I always try to make sure, like, I got to come in, I got to charge on what I think I can deliver, you know? So I sure. always undersell myself a little bit because I'm not, I'm not like, like we said, I'm not Chris Carr, you know? Yeah. I can't do that kind of stuff, but I can do some stuff. So, like, I came in with a, a figure and they, like, hit me back up the next day and they're like, you're the lowest person by a bunch. And I was like, shit. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so then what they said was, that they said the second lowest person was this. So if you can do a good job we'll pay you more so they like said oh, we'll awesome. pay we'll pay you what we pay you and they ended up giving me some extra money sure it wasn't as much as that other person but sure. still i mean when i sit and think about like well what they would have charged and how they would have performed i feel like it fit in pretty well sure. with, with charging but like that's one of those things you don't want to come in too low because they're gonna be like you're hired like instantly yeah. like well it's yeah. like when you go to sell something and the first guy calls you and he's like i'll take it yeah it like, doesn't even no up. yeah no <laughs> negotiation at all like oh my gosh no, that's super funny though. I mean, that's that's got to be something that a, a lot of bands have probably like you know piece, people booking shows, especially like you in the cover band circuit. It's like you've probably run into that here or there. And we've had some gigs that we got more money than I thought I'd make from playing in a band, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I mean we are splitting it up four ways. So how much money do you justify everybody? Well, you're playing for four hours. Yeah, well, two hours before that, I'm setting up. Two hours after that, I'm tearing down. So I'm, yep. I'm going to be on where you're playing. You drove yep. an hour and then you get to yep. drive back an hour. Yep. You're I'm talking gonna be here eight to 10 hours probably, yep. you know, and, and, and then at the same time, like you can do stuff with that money that you make. You, you can, I, I paid off of a Harley with just playing in a band, you know, Yeah. but you can, I've never looked at it like a job, I guess, you know? It, it does. I've I've heard guys say it, you get paid to set up and tear down the plan, whatever, man. That's mm-hmm. that's for fun, you know. And and I believe that, but I, I actually enjoy the setup. Uh, tear down, not as much. But <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, guys, let's get everything out of a trailer, set it all up. We'll play for a little bit, and then let's put it all back in the trailer. You know, Dude, and, I have such a a fun dichotomy for the setup and tear down because your setup and tear down could take two hours. Sure. If I'm playing a show and we're the middle band, I, you got 10 minutes to set up and 10 minutes to yeah. tear down. You know, so yep. like you got to do that quick. And I mean, I've played on shows where bands that don't usually play in that format are on a, a show like that, you know, and it's like, they're the longest band to set up and the longest band to tear down and they're pokey going about doing yeah. things. So there's a weird dichotomy there about that, you know. Um, so I'm glad you're not a drummer on those oh things. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, our drummer for Three Finger Betty Clint has to like 
drag all his stuff into the corner of the room and like pre-set up half of it. It's cool because he's got a really small kit too, right? Yeah, yeah. Really, it's, it's a nice, small, convenient kit. Yeah, he can carry it about two trips. No, <laughs> it's one of those like what Tay things, you know, with the, uh, the mini kit. But no, I, he's got two bass drums and yeah, everything doesn't. Anybody mean. running a double kick, you know, that's gonna take a few trips. So, sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, that's just one of those fun things I like to think about, like the business aspect of it all. And you, you know, you do most of the booking for sure. for Riddle yep. class. So, and I mean, I don't do too much of the booking for Three Finger Betty. And when I say that I don't do, I mean, I don't do like 98% of it. Sure. <laughs> but still, like I have booked a few shows and it's just a fun thing to look into because like I said, um, you know, being an original band and we're going to have to bring another band with us and, and go to a, a place that might not be used to this. I can't go in there and be like, we need a thousand dollars, you know, because yeah. they're going to be like. Uh, yeah, uh, you need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But if you're in like a cover band with tunes that people, you know, like you've been here before, you, people loved it. You have lights and the whole setup, and you sound sure. professional, and everything. It's like that's not an outrageous number to ask, you know. Sure. I mean, even now during yep. COVID, it's not an outrageous number to ask. And I mean, I I think uh, it's weird because like a lot of no industry has probably been hit harder than live events you know like i mean that's like the one thing that they're like you can't do this and and you you can you you just got to be responsible and i i don't know i mean this has gone on long enough to a point where i'm not i'm not discrediting it's a it's very it's a very real thing you know real but we we can't all live in fear and and stay i mean you got to be responsible like you know if, if I don't keep your distance or whatever, but like people need something to do too, yeah. you know? And I mean, then it be the longer this goes on, the more, let's say a mental health thing becomes a, a factor. I'm you glad know? you brought that up. Cause I've, I think about that so much, you know, I know so many people personally who are just having a rough time. It's just like, I don't do anything now. And it's just like, yeah, nobody is. And it sucks. Yeah. And it's like, I feel it, you know. I feel it oh, too. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. one. That's one reason I go to jam nights at Barnum on Tuesday. And I'm not trying to sure. like plug it every freaking podcast for everybody watching. I'm making a big deal about it, but like, I I don't know. I I go up there because it's like this is my escape now since I don't get to play shows almost ever. And you know, for a long time go I was socialize. And, yeah, and I wasn't then... even driving down to Des Moines to practice anymore because sure. it's like you can't play. So I went like yeah, why? Three, you know, two yeah. two three months not even driving down there anymore. Yeah. You know and couldn't go down there for school and you know you take all these things away that like these are I, it's not like a social event but it's like this is how i socialize then it kind of sucks well it, it's important to you in your life you know and yeah. like i mean i think people are quick to oh well you know you you can't go without that no we have you know yeah. and i mean at some point though and and i'm not criticizing people who are who are more cautious or who are genuinely afraid. Cause I mean, but at, at the same time, at some point you, you can't criticize somebody for just being like, you know what? I, I'm, I, well, I, honestly, so I had an event, uh, about a month and a half ago and we, I lost my aunt and it was in like a kind of a, a freak accident thing. She hopped on her little scooter and went up to go to the store, which is like six blocks from her house and uh she she got hit and 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 we lost her that day and that day i kind of decided um i don't and not to like holy shit this is deep you know but <laughs> it's just like you never know what's going to happen so yeah. if you want to do something do it yeah. you know and i mean 
as long as you're not hurting somebody else or, you know, just do it because you don't know that one split second thing might happen to you. And so, I mean, be cautious, respect everybody else's feelings on it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go see a show, go see a show. Yes. If you want to play in a show, go play the show. As long as the place will have you, you know, I mean, yeah. We take risks every day. Yeah. You know, you, you get in your car and go to work, you know, and you never know what might happen. You might hit a deer and hit it just the right way, you yeah. know, or something. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, man. So, I mean, obviously, a global pandemic changes things, you know, and something that may or may not be airborne in the air and yeah. stuff. But just take care of yourself. Take the precautions. But live your life, you yeah. know. don't And, and if it is crushing you to a point where you're having that mental health thing, like then, then do something about it. You know I mean? Find a way to connect, find a way to, even if you are somebody who's high risk, just find a way to connect with somebody else or do. I see a lot of guys with the live streaming and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was a great, that was a great crutch for everybody. Uh, Performers, people who wanted to watch live music. Cause I mean, I go to a lot of live shows, but and I'm not going to call them out by name in case they don't want to, you know, have their sure. name on the podcast. But there are so many people, even in the Fort Dodge area, that are at five to ten fold more shows than I go to. I mean, sure. they're at every, you know, River Hops show, every Shiny Top show. They're at all the all the winery show. I mean, they're at every single show. It's like, sure. what did these people do? Because this is what they do. Yep. You know. Yep. And I mean, I, I think uh, when this is all said and done. There's a few things that I think we all need to remember to not take for granted again. You know, like, uh, I don't know how many times I've had a weekend off and I was like, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like going anywhere. And, but my buddy's playing three towns over, you know, it's a 30 minute drive. I'm not going to miss that anymore because like I've missed it, you know? And I mean, or even just, just going to work without worrying about it and walking into Walmart without tarping your face shut you know and like i mean there's a lot of things that we did get spoiled and we still are spoiled as a culture you know very yeah but i i think this probably wake it it woke me up to what's important to me and music's very important to me i mean that's it's it's not the only thing i do you know Mm -hmm. but it's the most fun thing i do and yeah it's kind of weird though like this is really putting a a weird a weird thing. I don't know exactly how to put it, but like, there's not really like new movies coming out. No. There's not really like new TV shows getting made yeah. right now. I mean, there's a few like animated shows because those can be done remotely. But there's sure. like, you have to sit and think about what can be done remotely in order to to do things because people aren't really getting together as much, you know. Yeah. So live music's gone away, but some bands have obviously been working on material during COVID. But you know, it also makes Which me think. Which is cool. Uh, I don't know if you listen to like uh, satellite radio at all, but it seems like every band has come out with a cover song during this for some reason. Yeah, well. There's there is this shitload of new covers coming out, and it, it's neat. I mean, yeah, that's what I do. So like, it, it's always interesting to hear somebody's take on something else. Ooh, you know. Speaking of that, um, at the jam night I was at last night, uh, I did a cover of East Side Window. Oh, really? So, like, that was something new that, like, a handful of us kind of, like, secretly talked about. was, like, let's all find an, a Jeremy Ober song and try yeah. and cover it. Yeah. So, like, a few of us are, like, pretty close. And that one, I was like, I got everything but the lyrics. And I found a copy of the lyrics and brought them with and was like, we're doing this. Everybody play these notes. Let's do this, you know. Follow me for the changes. And, and yeah. it was tons of fun. We pulled it off really well. 
And, uh, you know, it was, it was, I don't know. It's one of those things I, I enjoy cover songs just as much as you do. Sure. Um, so much back to like newfound glory from the screen to your stereo was like their cover song album, yep. which I always thought was the smartest concept ever. Don't put a cover song on one album and give away all of your money from the album to this yep. cover. Just do it all on one album and make them fight over that one. And album they were all the like movie songs mm-hmm. and they've done three of them now. Actually. Three, yeah. Yeah. I remember the second one coming out, but I'll have to check out the third one. We do one off the second one, actually. Yeah, the King yeah. of Wishful Thinking. Yeah, yeah. it was like Go West. That's yep. And that's another one where like I actually like really like that song actually anyways. And then like the newfound glory version is just like, dude, I didn't know this song could be better, you know? And it's like yeah. this is awesome. And Speaking of which, that acoustic show I did, that was like one of the songs that I was going to do an acoustic version of that song. Right. I had it in my back pocket. And I was like, this, I'll keep this one for if I need it, you know, sure. and I didn't end up playing it. But that was one I worked on because I was like, this song is, you know, kind of fun. And that was like my take on the acoustic thing was like, who's going to play what at acoustic shows? And I tried to remember who plays what. And it's like, dude, I'm going to go through and play like 80s ballads and just like weird sure. stuff like that you know and mix it in with like 60s songs that i don't ever hear anyone playing so people are gonna get this weird assortment of stuff that nobody else ever plays you know and sure um you know i don't know that's that's uh, i forgot where we were going with this conversation <laughs> but uh yeah i think we just talk when we that's, do this <laughs> but. well you're easy to talk to that's one of my favorite things so i was uh <laughs> i was conversing with somebody um uh justin uh yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was on the mic. But anyways, I was conversing with him, and he was just like, oh, it's a great guy to talk to. And he said he talked to you the other day, and I was like, i got to hit him up to be on the podcast again because you're just easy to talk to. You know, these are always some of the best listen to podcasts with you because everybody knows you're easy to talk to. But sure. uh, I got this awesome Riddle with Class sticker. If you're not um, watching the video, you can't see it, but it's an awesome holographic Riddle with Class sticker. I don't know how many of these Nick has with him or left, but if you want one, hit him up. I'm not sure. sure. I'm not sure if he's got going to have any at the next show, but if he does, hit him up. Say, I want one of them stickers. Speaking of shows, I saw you at the Rock and Picnic, and you weren't playing with Riddle with Class. No, no. And, uh, somehow I always seem to find my way to Rock and Picnic. Yeah, it's like they can't have that show without you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, uh, we, I uh, this year I played with a band, Screaming Artichokes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Bill, Lynn, uh, Stephanie, Miller. Uh, Christian McCoy on drums and okay. Will Sheiky. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I knew everybody in the band. I didn't know Christian as well. I did buy a bass guitar off Christian off Facebook Marketplace years ago, and that's how <laughs> that's, we met. That's cool. Yep, and uh, good group, good group. Um, I almost said good group of guys, but Stephanie is not a guy. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I had fun. Um, still kind of. Trying to fit that into my schedule, you know, and I, I'm not really sure where we're going for sure there. Mm-hmm. Me, mainly, I'm probably the the problem there because I work. I work like 50, 60 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I do have Riddled, and R- Riddled's my baby, you know. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, the, the really intriguing thing is it's different to mm-hmm. me, you know. And you got Bill... He's a good singer, good songwriter, uh, guitar player. Um, Will is a really good guitar player. I'd never even jammed with Will before, you know. Yeah, and, he's he like hides, you know, like people didn't know that about him. Even in like in high school, he was good. And sure. It's like, yeah, Will plays guitar, probably better than everyone. Yeah. You know, and I was in a band in high school. And everyone's like, you're so good. And I'm like, Yo, Will's Will's yeah. really good. You should see, what he, you know, yeah. he's not in a band, but you know, he's not like. 
in your face about it. At no, all. You he's, know, he's, he's not quiet. a yeah, yeah. He's not a foot on the monitor, like yeah. you know, fan in the face, like yeah, yeah. Watch me shred a bunch. You well, know? he never like tells you. He's like, yeah, I play guitar, you know. And then like <laughs> the first couple times I went over there to jam, uh, I just started kind of playing like a, a riff of like a Metallica song or a Guns N' Roses song on bass. Mm-hmm. And Will knew it, you oh, know, yeah. and it's just like all right, and then. Christian is, uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist. Um, I think he plays a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. but he played drums for us. Good drummer. And then obviously Stephanie, Stephanie can sing. Anybody from Humboldt knows Stephanie can sing. Yeah. You yep. know, so yeah, she's won every American Idol style, whatever that's happened within, yeah, Humboldt like a, Idol a, yeah, within a tri-county area. She's yep. won them all, you know? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's really cool. Because I mean, like you play, you've played the Rock and Picnic with Riddled with Class before, and then like you played it the one year with me in the in the Stockyard, which was a band I made up just pretty much for the Rock and Picnic. And sure. it, you know, we never played any other shows other than that. That might just be like that thing. We're only coming to that show ever. Sure. And it's, you know, it's a one-off type deal. But you know, and that's I was wondering about that with like Screaming Artichokes. Are you guys like? going to do a one-off thing or do you think you're going to try and do a little no, bit of the I, bar circuit or maybe play a show here in town or i think that's kind of the plan mm-hmm. is to but with other bands you know um, oh yeah one thing about screaming artichokes is bill uh bill bill's not really a cover guy you know and i mean we'll do them but oh. uh bill wants to do the originals and that that's cool i i would i like that stuff too um so but i don't think bill wants to come out and play for four hours i don't i don't know that anybody really is like i want to play for four yeah, hours i but can't like, yeah unless we're gonna throw it back at this unless you're chris carr who plays yep. four hours non-stop yeah you know well and riddled <laughs> though like anytime like we always talk about oh i'd love to do more two hour and three hour shows but at the same time i might be alone in this i don't know how to ask the guys when we play two hours i'm like i'm just getting warmed up like let's go you know yeah, but yeah yep it's uh so I don't mind that, and we're doing covers, but like, if you had a four-hour original band and you didn't do any covers, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of people that would sit through the whole thing, you know? It, I mean... It'd be tough. I yeah. Mean, and I'm not trying to be like, hey, but like, Betty's done two hours. Sure. And it's like, well, we did two covers in two hours. Yeah. And yeah. it's... And it's and I think that's fine, you it, know? It's okay, but it's still barely enough to keep them. And I'm sure. not trying to say that like, Betty's abrasive, but like... Of you know, it's just the way it goes, and the 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 sad thing is, people just want to hear what they know most of the time, you know. And I mean, it could be just two different crowds though, yep, too, because like yep. if, like on that show we played with a cover band, sure. And so I'm assuming since they were the headliner, people came sure. to see them. So like we didn't fit in because you know. But then at the same time, if you just went to uh, like a punk venue and played only oh, covers, covers they'd hate you know yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if you're just and, and you're right that's what i guess i'm i'm always thinking about where we're playing you know in bars mainly yep. and yeah i mean yeah there i think if we went down and played for an hour before you know you guys down at like lefties or something people would be like i why are they doing this yeah. you know but you, you never know dude it I feel like that could be one of those situations like Van Halen, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, sad deal. But uh, Van Halen always used to bring like Cool in the gang as an opener. It's like, what yeah. the hell are you doing? And they're like, we want someone here to get the party going. Yeah. So when we hit the stage, everyone's feeling good. And it's like, yep. that you guys might be the perfect band for that. Like freaking professional punk rock party starters, you yeah. know, like you never it, know. It is weird. Sometimes uh, you'll see like a band and you're like, 
why the hell is that band opening up for that band? You know, and like, um, I don't. It it always seems to work though, and it's like there are people who are a lot smarter about this than me making these decisions. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, but <laughs> oh man, you know it's really cool too because like Riddled with Class kind of rose up out of the ashes of of H Town Hooligans. Yep, yep. And Billy Lynn started H Town Hooligans like eight billion years ago. No, sure. it was it was like ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was. it's been a while. Yeah. Though. So he started that band and like. Out of the ashes of that came you into Riddled with Class, and it's, it's like you said, it's transformed into something that's completely different than H-Town Hooligans ever was when you were in there at the end of H-Town sure. Hooligans. But it's kind of cool to see you come back. I'm not sure if Billy was in the band when you were in the band, but it's cool to see this all come back to like, oh, it's you and Billy in a band back together like yep. and years, he was, and years yep. later. Well, H-Town Hooligans was always Bill's Bill's thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, it and actually bill was in riddled for like two weeks i think you know <laughs> but uh um yeah it uh it is kind of a full circle thing you know and mm-hmm. and i i've grown a lot as a musician in that a musician i'm a bass player but uh <laughs> it, it, i've grown a lot like in that uh sense and it's been fun i mean and that's the 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 hard thing is time sometimes, you know, cause I, I all those guys and, and girl are awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, uh, I got promoted uh, back in May actually at work and I got a little more responsibility now than I had before and finding time sometimes is tough, but I have every intention of, you know, sticking around and get a show. We play that show, you know, and, and if they find somebody who has more time for them at some point, I would wholeheartedly understand that as well. But I really hope that that's not a one-off thing, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. So, and I kind of like the idea of going and doing some shows with other bands. That's that's one thing Riddle's actually talked about too, is like being more involved with with other other bands and and you know and just and. Let's say, you know, if Riddled and, and Betty did a, a show together, you know, there might be people that they're diehard Three Finger Betty fans, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey, if, if they're not playing and these guys are playing somewhere, I'll go I'll see go them see, yeah. and vice versa, you know, mm-hmm. and and not just that, but like the coolest people I've ever met in my life are musicians, you know, like <laughs> you just have fun, you yeah. know, and 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 I don't know, that, that idea is exciting, so I, I'm hoping... That I can work that out, you know. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, time and all. And I mean, I say this about time, but everybody's got their their fifty million uh, things they have to do and yeah, stuff. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, as far as like getting uh, promotion and stuff like that, I know that like some people in the music business are like, you know, you're selling out into the man. You know that they sure. have that whole like anarchy. You know that whole nonsense thing. Not that it's nonsense, but like you got to have. A nine to five to do what we're doing. You sure. know, we're not making a gazillion dollars. We're not, you know. There are a handful of people that can uh, can make music their one and only job, you know. And I am not one of those people. Yeah. Um, but it, I love my job. I, I sell cars. Well, mm-hmm. and now I'm sales manager actually, and I, I work for a good place. And I mean, it's it's a, allowed me to take care of the things i need to take care of you know um, yeah yeah it's, oh, dude management is so not punk rock <laughs> it is not it is not um and I, I i try really hard to not uh 
be like the typical manager, but uh, my hair is graying as we go. And uh, <laughs> no, I got a great, it, I got a great gig, and it's yeah, it's not. I don't know. It's I can't imagine doing anything else. And I, but I mean, if they were like, oh, to do this job, you'd have to give up playing music, and I'd be like, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, job then, yeah. you know, yeah. but. <laughs> Well, let's hope it doesn't ever come to that. I don't yeah. know if I've ever had a job that that said that, you know. No. But I have but. had a couple that kind of like look down on musicians, and I thought that was always kind of weird because I I look at musicians and I think some musicians are most, I mean, some are pretty sporadic, but some are some of the most like organized individuals sure. I know because it's like, who else has the time to balance out like a regular life and a job and then like a full time hobby? Sure, you know. And I'm not trying to like look down on anyone, but some people it's like. What do you do? It's like I go to work and then I come home and I drink beer and then I go, you know, watch yeah. the TV and I go to bed. And it's like, oh, you don't have a hobby. And here I can like balance all this stuff or, you know, yeah. any other musician. But like, well, I, I like to drink beer too sometimes. <laughs> but uh, so you're just knocking them all. Yeah, just checking them not, all right not, off the uh, list. <laughs> I'm not on school nights. So, not on, you know, oh, okay. I, uh, every now and then, I guess. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, because I, I try to dedicate, it used to be an hour. Now it's at least half hour, 45 minutes every night to play. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I mean, if we're learning songs in one of the band, I'll sit there and I'll just bang through them, you know? And obviously if I'm sitting in front of a computer with headphones on and a bass in my lap, it's not going to be quite like, you know, if I'm with like Will and Christian and Bill and Stephanie or, you know, the guys in Riddled learning the songs because those are it's an on the fly thing like hey i might get not get in every little fill note when mm -hmm. i'm playing live with the band because we might be two clicks too fast or something you know mm -hmm. but most of the time honestly if we're not learning songs i i will just start hey uh i want to look into this band and i'll just sit there and try to figure out a couple of their songs you yeah. know and and then before I know it, I'm down some rabbit hole, and I'm like, it's 10.30. I got to get up at 6.15, like, unplug it, go to bed, you know? But It's funny, because, like, I think about that, too. I talked to, to Jeremy over, like, 10 or so episodes back about, like, practicing, and he's like, well, there's a difference between, like, you know, goofing around or just, like, trying to figure stuff out or, like, exactly what you're trying to do with your practicing. Are you, like, woodshedding really hard on trying to better your technique or whatever? Sure. But, like, I have found myself, like you said, like, for a while, I would go on Spotify and, and just be like, what's like a classic rock song that doesn't seem terribly hard? So it's sure. just like, let's pull up, um, like, there's only one way to rock. Yeah. And so it's like, let's just pull this up and set a radio station based on this. And then it's just like, na, 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 na. It's like, oh, I can play this song now. And yeah. then it's just like, all right, next song. And then you're like, you just start to go through them. You're like, I can, I've learned a few of these just kind of on the fly. You can kind yeah. of sort of guess the key. If you can't, it's like, I mean, you can see, uh, I've got a couple different screens so I can put like the song on one and the tabs on the other. So sure. if like, I really want to, I can pull tabs out of it and kind of guess my way through it with that, you know, as a crutch. But it's, it's fun. Cause I've like found myself really enjoying doing that and passing a lot of time super late at night and yeah. I mean, different sleep schedules, but same thing. I'll be sure. like, it'll be like, one in the morning i'll be like oh my gosh i gotta yep. go to bed <laughs> like, oh that happens too on like we weekends where we're not gigging or something yeah it's mm -hmm. like uh-oh like i it, you know but <laughs> tomorrow's gonna be rough <laughs> when you really enjoy doing it you know it, it kind of and it's always like about being better and sometimes to me like yeah there, there's technique things and i'm not like captain of technique by any means but the more you learn to play the techniques are going to come out. Like obviously yeah. a lot of what riddle does is four chord. Like it's, it's pretty like for them. There's a, 
heavy mainstay in the punk pop punk. Yeah. Um, it's like an alternative. That's kind of what it is. You know, I was talking about it last night. They almost like copy the same shape for the most part. And then sure, just, like, there's move. a lot of T's, yep. you know, the one, yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. Yep, that's the shape, you know, and they'll do that on repeat over does and over again. Start at D or does it start at C? Yep. You know, <laughs> and it's just the way it goes. I mean, that's the other thing you start to realize is like, Oh, a lot of these things have this formula. And like, I was talking about that with like, you know, playing like Megadeth and you start to realize like Dave Mustaine uses a lot of this formula to make his songs like a lot of this. I mean, there's obviously extra stuff involved, but like, well, it's like the, the red hot chili peppers are, are, um, my favorite band, at least one of my favorite bands. Um, I, I'm kind of enamored with Flea's techniques and, and his sound, you know, he's got a great sound. Uh, and then, like, the more of the songs you learn, you're like, every one of these damn songs is an A, you know? Like, <laughs> and Anthony Kiedis is not uh, uh, the strongest singer in the world, and maybe that plays a part, you know, or whatever. And then sometimes it, it, it's just funny. You'll notice, like, things that are like, oh, this is how he does this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, or, like, um, you look at, like, the bass player from Blink-182, Mark Hoppus. There's a guy who I... I, I love his tone that he has on his bass. It's almost like a a second rounder, fatter guitar. You mm-hmm. know, he plays a lot of small chords. He's playing fifths the whole damn time. So like yep. whatever note you're on, you just play the fifth under it. And yep. and and uh I don't know. It's it's funny how like and then you'll you'll see how each one of them does something. Like uh uh Mike Durant from Green Day, he just plays like parts of the chord around every you know yep. every root and it the more like i've understood about it because i never knew i was i was like oh you got one four five you know yep. the one, and then you start seeing these patterns and you're like yeah i can probably do just about anything they do i might have to think it out a little bit but yep. That's yep. the one thing I found out with like I played a lot of you know obviously I'm a guitarist first but like I'd play guitar and it's like I know all of the like stuff a bassist is doing yep but to like actually do it takes a little bit more than just being like I can do that because I've started playing bass at jam nights because it's just like I don't know there's never a bassist there anymore because um, the bassist is I mean well, he has a job so he's sure. at his job right now you know, oh yeah work, it's working. that time of year yeah. yeah he's working so he can't can't go out and play jam nights so like i'm playing bass and i'm i'm doing the same thing you're saying where i'm starting to figure out like oh they're just playing fifth above or below yep. you know here it's like all that little walkie stuff is just walking through the chord and then yep. you go to the next chord and you walk through that one and it's like i'm starting to figure it out but like on the fly it's just like it's tough to do just to be like oh it's an a and then there's a b and yeah. then there's an e and then there's a d you know and then it's like it starts to get a little tough on the fly but like you know you start to learn that like you said, if you start to just cover enough songs, you start to like. And if you mess up, just act like you did it on purpose. Yeah. And nobody will know. <laughs> like, but uh, I read somewhere some someone said, uh, with a bass, you're only a half step away from where you need to be at all times, no matter what your mistake is. And it it's kind of right. Yeah. I mean, not really, but like that's pretty true. You know, it's a half step. Yeah, you're almost always like if you're going to be off, only a half step off, because I mean, you can't be more than depending on the scale and but, then but yeah in riddled i just look back at jake like it's his fault and yeah. like that's uh, that old uh meme going around facebook you know like, <laughs> it's it's funny i know nothing about drums but like sometimes jake will get in like little like jake jake Merritt is an amazing drummer mm-hmm. you know i mean and anybody who's ever played with him will know that 
but he'll go into like things. I'm like, what's he doing? You know, like, yeah. that's weird. Why are you doing that? And I'll look back <laughs> at him and Jake told me once, he's like, if you think I'm messing up, I swear to God, I know what I'm doing, you know? And it yeah. always like comes back around, you know? And that the, the understanding of it is, is that all the music stuff is even if, if I mess up, like I will try to do something real quick and then go right back into what I'm supposed to do, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. It's fun. I, I do get what you're saying because, like, at the junkyard show, I was watching him play, and uh, gosh, I'd have to, I'd have to really think about it. I don't want to just waste a bunch of airtime with this, but I'd have to think about like what song he was playing, and it's just like your basic like uh, pop punk beat, doom cha, doo doo cha, you yep. know, just like basic stuff. But then like it gets to one part, and it's just like here's a giant fill, yeah, and it's just to like watch him do a giant fill on a small kit, and it's like, yeah. it's like this is nuts. And I like lean over to a guy, I'm like. Watch watch this because he's like, he's just like, you know, yeah. like just nah, nah, nah. yeah, and like it doesn't look like he's trying or doing anything, and it sounds so like big what he's doing, you know. And so like, I get, I totally get what you're saying. Where sometimes fills are so long you get lost in them, and I also get what you're saying about how he's like, he has a right to be, you know, say like, I'm not, I swear, I'm not screwing up. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, no. I'll come back in at the right spot. Yeah, and no, and he always does. I mean, the dude is is rot rock solid um and it, it's i i've been spoiled to play with some really good drummers and like being a bass player like it that that makes my job so easy too you know like it, it it's so much more fun when somebody can really play the kit you know and, yep. but that that dude is that dude is something i mean and like he'll just do these things and you're like, what's he doing? And it ends right where it should. Yeah. It's right back in the pocket. And you're just like, whoa. You know, but. Yeah, it took me a long time playing next to Clint. Even when we were, like, younger growing up, like, try to just. Like, He's a good drummer, too. Yeah, yeah, try to not just be like, wow. Like, you're yeah. playing mid-songs. Be like, oh, that was cool. And like, oh, wait, I'm playing a song. Like, good job, bro. Yeah, you know? like, stop everything. <laughs> Everybody stop. That was neat. You know, that thing you did with the double kicks. That was cool. You know, like. Yeah. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And even with him too, like in Three Finger Betty, he's got some stuff where like, we've got like, some of our songs have like a faster beat. So he'll do like an eight beat drum fill. And it's like, yeah. you're like halfway through, you're like, I'm kind of getting lost in this, you know, a <laughs> yeah. little bit. But at the same time, it's just like, we always come back to that one and, yep. and it hits. Yep. You know? On the one. And yeah. it, it, that's where it's at though. You know, like, I feel like a lot of that is kind of just, you know, that's showbiz, baby. You sure. Know? Yep. This is the way it goes. Well, and like my main job I think as a bass player, I, I don't do bass solos, really. I don't really do any of that stuff. I mean, we have a couple of songs that are like, that's my cowbell song, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, for the most part, like, my job is to be here, you know? And I, I just want to be steady, you know? Like like uh, Michael Anthony from Van Halen. That guy yeah. made a shitload of money by not messing up. Yeah. It's like Trent Dilfer winning the Super Bowl. Like, don't fuck up, dude. You're going to be great. Yeah. You know? And like, <laughs> that, that's kind of my... my. Uh, and I mean, I, you know, if there's a, a little run-up or something, you know, I can do that. But, mm -hmm. like... And... It, but it's awesome like the, and then we have a couple of songs where it's like that's a that's a good song for a bass player you know yep. and yeah i don't I, I got two really good guitar players in my bands both bands 
and I'd just stay out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like that was like one of the things that was like some of the best advice I got like at jam nights was just like, yeah, just stay out of the way until it's your turn to get in the way and then get yep. in the way. You know, yep. like those bass songs for you. It's like, oh, this song's bass heavy. Yep. This is you. It's Here all you. Here comes the space hog song. Everybody suck it for a second. Yeah. This is mine, <laughs> you know, but... Oh, love it. You know, and that's that is the truth though cuz I mean as as far as like I said, I'm not a bassist, but I have a bass and I play the bass when I sure when I do, but like at jam nights it's I like heck yeah, give me the bass. You know, so I'm starting to find that out too where it's just like if I'm playing lead guitar, I almost don't need to play most of whatever the rhythm guitarist is playing. Sure. I can just kind of fart around in the key. But I can't really do that on the bass. No. I have to I have to follow the rhythm of the song very closely and it, everybody jokes about it and laughs about it, you know, until it's not there. Like, it, and I mean, there are some bands that can like pull it off um, and not have a, a bass. The White Stripes never had a bass player. Mm-hmm. He did have a guitar strung really weird, and there was there was a bass string on that guitar, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's pretty when it's not there, it's very noticeable, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but I, you know, you, you don't hear a whole lot of people talking about the Eddie Van Halen of bass, you know, for yeah. instance, or, you know, the Jimi Hendrix of bass, you know, and I mean, you want me to, I mean, I could name a handful. Yeah. I'm sure you could too, but yeah. like, I get what you're saying. They're just not out there. Like Jocko Pastorius. Yep. I mean, to you and me, it's obvious, but to somebody that's just like, listen, like who the hell are you talking yeah. about? You know? And some of those people, if you played them a Jocko song, they'd be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it, dude. You yeah. know? And, and I, I'm, I'm sort of one of them. Like I, I understand yeah. how fantastic he was or like Victor Wooten or, you yeah. know, Billy Sheehan. I mean, yeah, Billy uh, Sheehan was he, one that's, you know, yeah. But even then, if you like, you could be like, Billy Sheehan's awesome. Like play some Mr. Big for him. And they're like, yeah, yeah. like this, yeah. this guy's awesome. It's like, no, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You know? And, like the less Claypools, which yeah. I I have no interest in that kind of stuff either. Like I mean, <laughs> it's awesome, but you know, like yeah, I don't I don't care. Yeah, it's a guy <laughs> guy playing the bass like a banjo instead yeah. of like a bass. Yeah, you know, and it, it's and the, but I mean, th- there's so many that are just great, you know. But even I think ninety percent of them knew when to when to sit back. You know, Ooh, I mean, yeah. you know, um, if you look at like early Red Hot Chili Peppers, like I'm talking like pre-Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was the one that made them huge, you know? Mm-hmm. Flea would play, like, so fast. He's slapping and popping so fast that I don't know how he did it because I can't think that fast, you know? Mm-hmm. But they got bigger when he learned to sit back and take his turn, you know? Yep. He simplified, really. I mean, or, like, uh, a band like the Foo Fighters. And yep. Nate Mendel's a fantastic bass player, but he's not... He's pretty chill with it, you know? Like, he knows when it's his, you know, what he's got to do. And that, and I don't know. I think that's probably the the biggest thing about playing bass is just knowing where you fit, you yeah. know? Because if you sit outside of where you fit, everybody notices. Like, if you make a slight mistake, you're off a, a half step. 99, your buddy who's a musician is snickering out in the yeah. crowd at you. Yeah. And you got to do whatever you can to not laugh or turn beat red, you yeah. know? But... As long as you know where you fit, most of the time you're not going to make that mistake, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it is, it is, bass probably, there's a lot of feel, you know? And if you don't have feel, it's hard to, it's hard to get feel, you know? But mm-hmm. I, boy, I talked a long time about that. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it though, too. Um, I was trying to think of a way to interject with a topic and I totally 
got lost on the topic. But I think <laughs> you're right, though, about like a bassist needs to learn like when to fall back. And I, I mean, you're talking about flea kind of just like this is where I stand out and this is where I'm I'm not supposed to stand out, you know. And sure, I mean, even like, uh, I mean, let's just let's just break it down to our like our local area, like. Alejandro Trevino is like yeah. the local flea, I guess, quote unquote, woo, you know, or whatever. But like, Vino is pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. You know, I actually like made fun of that. I was at a jam night and Ober showed up, and I'm like, this is like Billy Madison when like the dude plays the violin all perfect, and yeah. Billy's just like honking out on the clarinet. And he's just like, he's good. Like that's how I feel when Ober shows up. You know, that same to you with Vino. Both of those dudes, yeah. so not. I mean. But they'll just be like, yeah, man, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, they're, I'm, okay, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I practice sometimes. Hey, man, I like what you did there, you know, yeah. or whatever. And yeah. But, like, it's funny because, like, I mean, I know I'm not trying to be like, woo, those guys. But, like, Jeremy and him are in a band together. They're in Brutal Republic together. Sure. And if and if Ober wants to go ham, you know, Vino knows where to fit in. If And, yeah. you know, and if Vino wants to go ham, like, he could go ham the whole time. But, like, sure. he knows when to fit, you know. And that's they, just one of those They things. have a really good dynamic. Uh, they also have a hell of a guy quarterback in, it, in the yeah, back there. Yeah. Caleb oh, my God. Caleb Ferry. Yeah. Yep. Un- understated hero of the band, for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, and that's, like, one of those things I never think too much to, like, you know, there's so many people that are like, well, bassists don't ever do anything. And it's like, I feel sometimes feel like that's the best bass playing is like the sure. more you, the more you sit back. I mean, don't just play like four A's and then, you know, four E's and then yeah. four D's, you know, maybe do a little bit with it or change, you know, the yeah. rhythm of your plucking and not yeah. just straight quarter notes the whole way through. And, but And like, there, I remember uh, I was playing... And it's been a while since I since we've been on this thing together. You know, well, you're on this thing every week, <laughs> but uh, it's been a while since I've been on this thing. And I, I don't know, was I doing the in the misery thing at all then? I don't think so. So I had a band for like a very short period of time with uh, some of the guys. It was me and Levi. Okay. And then some of the guys from Tantrum to Blind. And we oh, did like. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that to me maybe outside a show somewhere. Sure. Yeah, we did. I have five shows we had like three lead singers over the course of five shows oh, you wow. know uh scotty and josh nielsen sang with us and uh but i remember we played uh a seether song we did a little harder rock covers in that band um and we did a seether song and the whole goddamn song was d and g like the whole so like i i had to like hold and then up to the G and then like, so you try to like add something to it and like, it's totally like with them, the, the guitar is the only thing that mattered. Like, I think you could play C bass and the band C there with one string on a bass, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and it's tuned to like open C or something, but <laughs> like it, it just, yeah, I know what you're talking about with that. Just, and every time we play, I'd be like this damn song, you know, but like, yep. then there's other songs like, uh, Creep by Radiohead mm-hmm. is literally three chords the whole way through on a bass uh, on a guitar. I guess you guys go C to C minor, you know. But yeah. fun to play. I enjoy yeah. playing that song, you know. But yeah, that that damn I can't even remember the name of the song. But it was just every time I'd look down and see it on a set list, like okay, all right, <laughs> this is <laughs> these going next down four right. minutes are going to be very long. <laughs> No, I, you know, and I love that too, though. You like get to a song, it's really simple, and sometimes you can find ways to church it up. And that's like one of the funnest parts at jam nights is like you're playing a song, and then it's like, all right, we get the first verse and the first chorus down. It's like, I got this song down pat. And then the next verse is like, I'm going to try a couple things here sure. and see, see if I can 
diddle a or little bit. Or at least get a band member to just look at you like, <laughs> what are you doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it almost always happens. But like, you yeah. know, and but by the end of the song, it's just like, oh, I, I found some fun ways to sure. you know, funk this song up a little bit, you know? And Yeah. It, yeah. Some of them, like, I love that when there's, like, some room to do a little something or even just, like, a little flingy thing on mm-hmm. something, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, some of it is just, like, is this over yet? There, there's a hand. <laughs> uh, and then there's songs that we play that are fun, and I'm just, we've done them forever, and, and some of those are gone to the wayside just because burnout amongst the band members yeah. and stuff. But uh, Yeah, that's, like, the best and worst part about a cover song is you can, like, get to the point where you're so burned out on the song. It's like, I don't ever want to hear the original even like, sure. it's just, I mean, I've played this for six years. You're like, kryptonite by three doors down. Yeah. That like, should be, that should be every <laughs> cover bands. Like first, first song they play and, and the first one gone when they yep. have new songs yep. too. But All like, of that damn song. And we'll go places and like, there's a venue owner, like, boy, I can't wait to hear you guys do kryptonite. Yeah. Like it's not on the set list, man, <laughs> but you own the place. Like, I guess we'll do the damn song, you know, like, and, yeah, I mean, we don't even, we're not even like a Three Finger Betty, a cover band, and people have yelled, oh, Kryptonite, and it's <laughs> shit, like, shit. it's like that's how popular, no, go for it, it's how popular <laughs> it is, though, seriously, like, I mean, it's been that one, um, Cumbersome has been yeah. yelled at us before, I mean, yeah, and then you get, We like, don't do that song anymore, either, it's official, it's on camera and audio. <laughs> 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 that's good, though, I feel like that's another one that's that's over-covered, but at the uh, same what's rate. What's that Silver Chair song? Um, Tomorrow. Uh, if, I heard, silver chair. if I yeah, heard it, I would know it. But every damn band, I like we did uh, a bait, and uh, and then I went back up, and not this year, but the years previous, and every cover band did that song, and it's like <laughs> that's a, that for me, that's like I don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's another part of like finding your avenue and knowing your audience, and and having a little bit, you know, I want to say more business sense or whatever, but it's just like other people play this song, I probably shouldn't play this song, you know. Sure. And, I mean, there's obviously if you're covering tunes, people are going to like the same tunes and you can't just like claim a song because yeah. it's not yours or whatever. But like there is some of that, like uh, I want to say like honor amongst thieves in the covering sure. thing where it's when I first started going to jam nights, it was like, I got to find songs that nobody else plays. So I went to a couple and it was like, I haven't heard anybody play this song yet. I don't, I don't know anybody that plays it. So this is going to be my song, you know? Sure. Uh, and you start to kind of claim songs as your own and it, sure. and it sucks too. Cause like, I hate going to jam nights and it's like you dick that's my song like yeah now i can't play that song you know or whatever but it's like it's not my song i didn't write it you know yeah. it's somebody else's tune and yeah. that's just it too is uh so riddle's got a couple of shows coming up um like halloween is every year halloween's a big thing with riddle where yet um we are at sneakers on the friday night before mm-hmm. and then so we do it two shows in fort dodge over halloween weekend but um they're two completely different things sneakers on the friday before and then this year, um, we're Gina Crave Tattoo, mm-hmm. we're doing the Monsters Ball. Oh, cool! And we are—we actually have a band opening for us. Um, I hate saying that because I didn't know which way we were going to do it, but Gina. Um, but we uh, Section Seven is cool. playing with us. I don't nice. know if you've had a chance to catch them yet. I haven't seen them live. But Lots I've of lights, heard, man. Heard That's heard pretty rad. Them, so. Yeah, um, we've got a couple of real young guys in that band that are impressive you know cool. um drummer sings all night or 90 percent of the night that's uh, sweet yeah <laughs> like it's like little don henley back there yeah, you drummer know? singers i love it i don't know how somebody would do that you yeah, know i don't know well, i don't know how people play the drums anyway i can't rub my belly and pat my head but like <laughs> it's uh yeah and so 
I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, well, they're do some- they're a cover band too, and it's kind of like, well, do I do I hit them up and be like, hey, can I see you guys set list? You know, just to make sure. And they don't do exactly what we do. They're actually focused more on like uh, very early '90s, late '80s. You know, more of the like, you know, your Motley Crue, your Poison, your Def Leppard stuff mm-hmm. like that. Hair, hair bands maybe i guess yeah but maybe not you know entirely but uh so it's like do i hit the dudes up and be like hey man you, you guys want to compare set list before we go do this you know and then it's like no whatever they're gonna play we're not gonna do it the same way either you know no. so if there are repeats there, there it is what it is you know and yeah yeah we we own zero of these songs yeah, we're exactly. playing but well i always thought about that too like what's the courteousness of here do like should should the opener if you got like an opener and a closer and everybody's playing cover should they like how do you do that how do you make yeah. sure that because i mean like the opener could like just come in and steal all the the good stuff or the easy sure. stuff or whatever and I, I mean that happens at jams too where it's just like Who's going to play, you know, like Johnny, the Johnny Cash, you know, who's, there's just a handful of songs. It's like everybody plays this song sure. at a jam night sometime, but who's going to sure. be the one to, to, to pull the trigger on Who's it, got you know? Red House tonight? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, Jeremy Ober is going to Red House. Yeah. Now. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. So like, um, one of our shows got canceled, uh, Renwick, Little Town, we we're going to do, uh, um, donkey days that's our oh, town cool festival. yeah 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 and it was gonna be us and the guys from tantrum to blind mm-hmm. and uh of course it didn't work out um because of coronavirus and mm-hmm. and uh i think on something like that where we were gonna cover a large span of time and us being super familiar i mean obviously there's been when uh jake and greg were busy doing jake clyde stuff i had a couple of guys from tantrum filling in too you know mm-hmm. um there's some familiarity there so it might be like hey man you guys mind shooting me over your set list i'll shoot you over mine if it's something that's like that's not your song but your song you know then you guys do it and we'll just we'll just play uh, something else and i mean Mm -hmm. obviously riddled they're they do a lot of 90s stuff too and stuff and but riddled's got a lot more of like the punk and indie and stuff like that like we'll just do more of that you guys can do more of the alice in chains and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff but but yeah also those like super long shows like imagine you guys are both playing three hour sets or something you know and then you start to like think about like well we're probably gonna have some overlap but it's not like if you were at a bar for six hours you'd probably hear a same tune repeated at least once. somebody's throwing that another dollar in the jukebox exactly that's it yeah so i mean it happens and people aren't just like i'm out of here because one song played twice just happened yeah this is horrible but if i guess if it's their closer and your opener they might be like wait a second what swear to god if i hear kryptonite one more (laughs) time (laughs) no yeah yeah i know what you mean and i try not to worry about it anyway Mm -hmm. you know just yeah yeah, but I mean, that's like always rough going to jam nights where it's like, oh, I got like four or five songs I like to play at jam nights that are kind of easy. And then you get up there and you're like, oh, this guy played my song. Like, I, yeah. you know, it's like, but like you said, it's, <laughs> I don't know, in this song, I didn't write it. You yeah. know? And so I'm just playing it. And, uh, you know, it's tough when it's like, I don't know, especially at jam nights, like there's only so many songs to play. And like you said, if you're like, if we both cover like 90s alternative ish, Sure. sort of kind of stuff like where's probably you know it'll happen but there's only so many songs in the lithium set list you know like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah but yeah and I, I i don't we we do a lot of the 90s stuff and one thing like 
Greg and Jake join in the band and Levi, because um, I'm the only one that's kind of hunkered down. And I sort of claim this for myself at this point or beforehand. And and uh, th- those guys, like, they brought a different perspective. And we're doing, you know, newer stuff that I thought we would do. And all of a sudden, like, there's like this, like, mid 2000s indie thing that all of us have kind of enjoyed it would like uh franz ferdinand uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah the one song that they had i don't know if they ever had anything else really land you know but uh take me out yep i'm trying to think if they did but and now did, that's but... my favorite thing like i'll look down i'll be like that's that's it that's the one tonight you know that gets me super excited to play you know and it's pretty wild because i like i mean i remember you guys playing that at the junkyard and it's one of those like head turners like well i don't expect you guys to play this yeah. and then it's got that part in the middle uh at the beginning of before it's like the pre-build up where it kind of slows down yep. to the part you know starts getting chunky yep. there and, and stuff. It, yeah. it picks up the new beat for the song yep. you know and it's like this is cool because everyone's just like yes here it comes yeah you know the, they're like getting the best it. part is everybody knows that damn song and you'll look around and everybody's head just starts moving in that thing and yep. like you guys are keeping time for us you yeah know? exactly but, yeah oh that's good stuff man um what other shows you got coming up i don't know if you have like a pretty much halloween right now is what i got booked um kind of looking in you know um it, it sounds like we we got one right around thanksgiving too mm-hmm. um i don't really have everything squared away with that but it's i think it's going to be a public birthday party i guess Ooh, that'd be fun yep um and i, I might fill you in on some deets for that but okay. um, yeah definitely uh, once i get it all figured out we'll get everything and then uh and then we're we're booking i mean we're obviously we're and I mean, we're open for shows, you know, we kind of, everybody's got stuff going on, you know, and stuff, and we're trying not to hit it super hard, but we're not saying no if somebody calls, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of been the philosophy on this is like, I'm not going to go approach somebody and be like, hey, please give me a show, you know, but next year we plan on, on getting out there a little more, you know, as spring and the summer and stuff, and and yeah, hopefully it'll, we keep kind of growing as a band here, you know, because it, it seems like, well, I think this podcast has been good for the band too. I, I appreciate yeah. all the promotion. Yeah, and definitely. All I've of had, us have been on there. Yeah. Yes, every one of you have. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've been on here three times. Everyone else has only been on here I once. I talk way more than yeah. any of those guys. Too, but, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. And then see kind of what happens with Screaming Artichokes. I'd like to do, you know, a couple of the... The one hour, one and a half hour shows with those guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I have it in me to do two two hour or two four hour bands. <laughs> like yeah. that's a oh lot of material. God. Yeah, oh my but, gosh, that'd be so much. Not that it'd be undoable, but I mean, well, and I've I've been in there. You know, we had Riddled, and then we had In the Misery, and we were playing four hour shows. And I, I played a few with uh, Levi and uh, Chad McDermott, who mm-hmm. Levi was in a band with before. Those were terrifying because you never know what you're gonna play. You'd just be up there, Levi or Chad, keyboard player, guitar player, harmonica player. There's probably a didgeridoo somewhere hidden in there. <laughs> but he he would just be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this." Like, I don't I don't even know what that song is, man. Oh, it's easy. It goes C, G, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to jam nights. Yep. <laughs> I'll just act like my bass is cutting out the whole time. Okay. <laughs> like, 
Oh my gosh, oh, that's hilarious. No, I mean, uh, I'll I'll drop all your dis- stuff down in the description. Uh, Riddle with class sure. links as well as I believe Screaming Artichokes yep. has yep. links as well. So I'll I'll scrounge yep. some of those up and put them down in the description. Uh, Halloween shows. Where was the yep. first one at? Sneakers. Sneakers. And right. then and then it was. Uh, uh, then we're at the Eagles Ballroom with uh, the mighty Section Seven for nice. uh, the 2020 Monsters Ball. Sweet. So and that's I believe it's the 10th anniversary of that. Too. Oh, cool. So, so that'll be on your uh, your Facebook page for Riddle with Class, I'm sure. So check that out. Yep. Um, I'll put all the links down in the description for all your bands and stuff. Uh, also, i got to mention again, hit, hit him up for one of these stickers when you go to see him at a show. I'm not sure he'll have any left, but hit him up. He's, he's got some. I know he does. You know why? Because I've got one. They're really cool. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's something else. I feel like the sticker game, I'm, I'm turning a lot of people onto it because I like having stickers. They're like my yeah, business cards. It was, so. Yeah, it was your idea on it. I... Uh, I hit the little introductory thing, and I think I'm gonna have to get more. You yeah, know? I yeah, mean, definitely. Uh, that's one thing too. I, uh, Three Finger Betty seems to do really good with merch and stuff, and that's something I need to. We've had T-shirts, but they're they're gone. Yeah, and I, I just need to get back into it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's I think that's one of the cool things though is like having merch and selling out of it's not a bad thing because it's no. better than buying too much merch and not selling it all. And then the you like first like, round of T-shirts had a really peculiar design on them and by the end i'm like three dollars you could have one <laughs> you know like, take it yeah but, i mean that's kind of what we did with our first run of shirts it was a, a love it or hate it design sure and uh it ended up being one of those things where it's like now these are cheaper because we got new shirts you sure. know so it's like if you want one of these now you can have one of these or the new ones are now the you know regular price. regular price <laughs> you know so so it's right back to that but you know you got to find different ways it's that business thing so uh yeah yeah dude it's it's stellar to see like you know having the sticker i can't wait to put it on my guitar case so uh cool awesome check down below for all the description stuff um there it was yeah there's the camera thanks for <laughs> thanks joining for me, man. me man. appreciate it oh baby there's another episode in the bank i want to say thanks to nick Earhart for joining me on the podcast uh really appreciate it buddy uh, he's one of my favorite people in the music scene. He's always been a really good guy to me, and uh, well, I guess I've known him since childhood, you know. And uh, yeah, he's just a pretty good guy all around. Easy to talk to, as you saw. We uh, we cruised through an hour there pretty easily, well, effortless, effortless to say the least. Uh, it's cool to see that Riddle with Class is still doing shows. Uh, more things coming in the Riddled camp, so check that out. I got the social media down below. Uh, it was also good to talk a little bit about the Screaming Artichokes. I mentioned them in the Rock and Picnic podcasts a couple, uh, about five or so episodes back. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's good to talk about that and uh, get a little bit of a dynamic on what's going on there and who's in the band and what's going on and stuff. So uh, shout out to those guys. Hopefully I'll have somebody from the uh, Screaming Artichokes camp come back on and, and talk, you know. I hope they book another show, too. I'd like to go see them live sometime. Uh, if you were looking for more Nick Earhart content, uh, check out the Audible Farm podcast, episode number eight and episode number 32. I have talked to Nick a couple of times before. So, uh, yeah, the first time he was on the podcast was about 100 episodes back. Uh, but like I said, he's been on here before. Uh, more riddled with class stuff. Uh, check out their stickers if you go see them live. Say, hey, uh, I, I heard on the Audible Farm podcast you had stickers, and I want one, and uh, how do I get one? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they'll have any left by the time they play another show, but check it out. Um, all the show information for those guys should be found on their social media. I believe they keep pretty well up to date with that. They usually do, uh, you know, what with COVID and all. I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping too good of a track on what bands are posting their shows so check that out all the social media for riddle with classes down below as well as the social media for screaming artichokes 
Uh, I want to say thanks once again to Nick for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're looking for more Audible Farm content, you can go to audiblefarm.com. There are links to everything there, social media, uh, as well as the YouTube channel, and as well as the Patreon page. The YouTube channel has more than just the Audible Farm podcast. There are also clips, as well as guitar mod videos, and live band footage, and all sorts of things. Uh, Addressing the closing of the Vaudeville Muse, there are, uh, I believe, 12 or 13 different sets of bands being, you know, playing at the Vaudeville Muse. If you guys are into the Vaudeville Muse and it's you're sad it's closed, go check out some of those shows. If you want to relive the magic, it's all there on the Audible Farm channel. i uh, got links to that uh, at audiblefarm.com. Otherwise, you can go to youtube.com slash audiblefarm. Check it out. Also, if you guys are looking for Audible Farm goodies, you can find uh, Audible Farm stickers as well as t-shirts and hoodies in the Audible Farm shop. Go to shop.audiblefarm.com. It will take you right there to the shop, and you can uh, find something you like and make a purchase if you please. Uh, It just goes to help support me doing the podcast every single week. So I thanks everybody that's been making purchases and stuff. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to shipping out some more stuff here soon. So uh, thank you, everybody, for all that. If you guys are uh, interested in Audible Farm stuff and you you guys appreciate what I do, uh, just word of mouth, go ahead and tell some people about it. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, It means a lot more to me than you you think it would. But it really does mean a lot to me to like, subscribe, and share the stuff. If you know somebody that might like it, go ahead and just let them know. Even if it is just word of mouth, they might might check it out. I really do appreciate it when people share the content. And, and, uh, you know, leave a review if you like. Leave a review, thumbs up the video or the podcast you were uh, listening to, or give us five stars or whatever whatever capabilities you have for that kind of stuff it really does help us out and and it makes me feel good it makes the the guests feel good too when they go back to look at their episode and they say oh wow this has 14 likes you know or whatever on youtube that's pretty sweet you know and and it is pretty sweet so uh shout out to uh, all of the people that have been you know interacting with me on the youtube and and everywhere else i really do appreciate hearing from all you guys i'm not the best at being social on my personal accounts Um, As a matter of fact, I don't have personal accounts on a lot of social media platforms that are being used today. But uh, I do have some personal accounts, and like I said, I'm not the best at contacting people with them. So if you want to shoot me a message, shoot it to me at Audible Farm, any of the uh, Audible Farm social medias. They're all at Audible Farm. And uh, yeah, I believe I'm done plugging everything I need to plug for Audible Farm. So yeah, check out the the YouTube account, subscribe to it, Uh, check out that Patreon page for full video versions of the podcast. It only costs a dollar a month and you will get all of the videos on there. I am uh, trying to find a way, I may end up trying to upload the full video versions there early if I record them early. So there's an opportunity you will get to hear the podcast or even see it before anybody else if you're on the patreon page so check that out as well Uh, i gotta say thanks to everybody that's been reaching out and networking if anybody is listening that wants to hear more about what i have going on like i don't already talk on every episode of my own podcast go ahead and check out the McAllister hours podcast Go to the Facebook social media platforms and scroll around. You will find a link to uh, me, the host, Peter, being on the McAllister Hours podcast. It was really cool to sit down and uh, chat with him about all sorts of good stuff. Uh, Not just podcasting, but music and uh, even pro wrestling and things like that. So i got to say thanks, Coleman, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. If everybody uh, is interested in this podcast and you're looking for more Iowa news, music, goodies, uh, production kind of stuff, everything in the R&B, rap, and hip-hop, all the way to music production and more, 
that's where you should uh, go check it out. So check it out, the McAllister Hours Project. Like I said, go to any of the Audible Farm social medias, scroll around and find uh, find the link. It's there. It's definitely there. I've shared it a bunch. So appreciate it. Uh, go check out his podcast. Subscribe. Let him know Audible Farm sent you. And, uh, and thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll check you guys next week. Peace.